You are on Max's Island, a podcast by Meet Max Power. On Max's Island podcast, you'll hear the lived experiences of people who choose to live life a little differently. It might be a story of when they took time out and dared to do something crazy. Perhaps they made a decision to leave it all behind and follow their dreams. Or maybe they just stopped listening to what other people thought and did what was right for them. This experience becomes a story that is part of them and one that you need to hear. So, now that you're on Max's Island, listen to the wisdom in these stories and you too will be inspired to do what you have always wanted to do. Well, I'm very excited today because on Max's Island, we have somebody that all you listeners have already heard. I've got Steve Standing, who is the singer-songwriter, whose song, Island, is used for this podcast. So welcome, Steve, to Max's Island. It's a pleasure, Tony. Glad to be here. And publicly, I need to acknowledge the the song and, and you allowing me to use the song. Uh, it's not often you get a chance to, to use original music for uh, a creative pursuit, so thanks very much for that. And um, I'm sure there'll be an invoice in the mail at some point in time. Absolutely, Tony, yeah, but it's a pleasure to let you use the song. So, Steve, you know the premise of being on Max's Island, it's um, an opportunity to tell a story about when you did something a little bit different, something exclusively for yourself, perhaps. Uh, so, start your story. Let our listeners know what's something special that's happened to you. Well, the obvious thing to talk about uh, is Ireland, which is a song uh, which somewhat paradoxically isn't about an island at all. It was about a solo walk I did on the Bilbourne track, which is about a thousand kilometres, uh, back in 2010. Uh, and uh, the song Ireland uh, is about that walk. Maybe I'll talk a little bit about the recording of the song later, but I'll start by talking about the Bibbleman track walk. It was something I always wanted to do, but it's a thousand kilometres, so it clearly takes a fair bit of time, and I just had trouble finding that time. Eventually, I just drew a line in the sand and said, okay, here's, I think I had something like 37 or 38 days set aside, Flew down to Albany, started walking back. So what's the target in terms of distance per day? Well, I knew I had to get something close to 30 kilometres a day to get there within, to get back to work. (laughs) By the time my leave ran out. But I wasn't quite sure whether I'd achieved that. had no idea whether I'd achieved that because I never attempted a walk quite like that before. And you're carrying all your own gear, and I carried a little tent uh, as well. So, you know, the backpack was somewhere between 20 and 22 kilos. Uh, So it was a 
real challenge. Walking down the main street of Albany to the bottom of the street where the tourist bureau is, that's the starting point for the Bibbulmun track in Albany, uh, and walking down there was a very exciting feeling because you know, you're going to be more or less on your own for the next uh, five weeks. You've got to walk a thousand kilometres and you just don't know what you're going to encounter and it was wildly different to anything I'd ever done before. So you were on your own, but I imagine there were other people on the track at the same time coming in both directions? Yes, although I started the walk in August and there were very few people on the track sort of down near Albany in August, but as I got closer to Perth uh, I came across more people. So I, I think there was a couple of days when I didn't see anyone on the track. Some of the nights when I was at the huts, the Bibbulmun has three walled open huts. Some of the nights I was in the huts, uh, there was no one else there and sometimes I just used the small tent I was carrying and slept between huts because that just suited my timetable and obviously there was no one else there then. So it was an interesting challenge in terms of uh, being on your own, own out in the bush. And what did your family think when you said, oh, I'm going to walk the Bibbulmun track for 37 days? Uh, they, um, uh, they, were, they weren't really surprised because I'd been talking about it for years. I think they were probably just pleased that I'd got round to actually doing it. They were a little bit surprised that I was doing it on my own, but I figured that it was going to be very hard to find someone else who was able to set aside um, that amount of time and it would require more organisation and uh, uh, so it just wasn't really, it wasn't really practical to do it with anyone else. So yeah, the family was pretty cool about it. Now you came, you grew up down Albany, Denmark uh, way, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I grew up in Denmark um, uh, and went to school in Denmark and Albany so it was sort of starting off in home territory more or less. And was hiking something you did when you were young around that area? No, not, <laughs> at not at all, not at all. In fact, hiking wasn't really high, big on my radar until a few years before um, I did this walk. I went to Tasmania with my wife and we did the overland track and that uh, been something I wanted to do, but with the kids being a bit younger, it was uh, just a, a bit difficult to fit it in between kids' sporting commitments uh, and that sort of thing. So this was the first chance I really had to indulge myself. And did, the obvious question, did you find it boring being on your own? Absolutely not. No, I'm, I'm great company, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> we know that. <laughs> no, and I did meet some interesting people along the way uh, because the, the track, for your listeners who haven't walked the track, the track passes through towns every every two to four days. So uh, you get a break and you get a chance to have a shower and stay at, stay at a local pub. And that's part of the charm of it because you get to meet people, you get to meet locals at the pub. And yeah, so it's not, it's not an entirely solitary exercise. And did you walk from dawn till dusk? Yes. Or, or, yeah. Okay, you did. Yes. Yeah. Basically, uh, because I didn't carry any light other than a head torch, and there's nothing to do anyway at night. You just go to pitch your tent close to dark or get to a hut close to dark, cook your meal and you go to sleep because you're tired and there's not much else to do. And conversely, uh, first light, you um, 
you get up at first light and start walking. So, yeah. So we're talking uh, nearly 10 years ago. What was the mobile phone coverage like and did you take a mobile phone? I did take a mobile phone, but it was really just as an emergency measure. I didn't, didn't use it very often. I also carried a little mini EPIRT, uh, which was a sensible precaution, I think. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I didn't need it. And how long did you end up taking? You allowed was, yourself 37, was, 38 days? Yeah, it was 33 days. 33 days. 33 days. And uh, that was, you know, some days were shorter days. If I, if I was walking into a town that I decided to stay up for the night, I may only walk half a day. Other days, you know, it would be literally dawn till dusk. So I think the longest day was about 42 k's. The shortest day would have been 10 or 12 k's. And there was probably one day, there, there was one day where I wasn't in a town, but I got to this very nice hut by a river somewhere and I was tired and I thought, bugger it, I'm just going to stop for the day. Uh, so it wasn't, uh, it wasn't solid walking every day. So you said it was in August. What was the weather like? I was very lucky. I think it rained four or five days. Um, very cold in the morning mornings, particularly when you got up into the Darling Escarpment. Freezing, in fact. But, yeah, look, you meet some interesting characters along the way. I met, there was one chappy I bumped into a couple of times. His name was Johnny Walker. Not his real name, <laughs> almost certainly. And he was a very interesting character. He had walked the Bibbulmun two or three times, but he wouldn't quite go into Albany at the southern end, and he wouldn't quite go into Perth at the northern end uh, for reasons which no one could quite discern, but he seemed to live on the track. He was a bit of a character. So they call it the Bibbulmun track. What sort of track is it? Is it consistent throughout? Is it well marked? Is it wide? Is it narrow? Is it What's it like? Well, from Albany to Mandalay Beach, which is just uh, uh, west of Walpole. It's mainly coastal, so there's a lot of coastal cliffs, there's quite a bit of beach walking, and you get to go through uh, the Carry and Tingle forests between Denmark uh, and Walpole. So that's spectacular coastal and forest hiking. From Mandalay Beach through to Northcliffe, uh, there's some interesting uh, floodplain uh, territory, which can be sort of mud up to your knees. Luckily, it was only up to about my ankles when I did it. And then you go through some more Jarrah Forest from Northcliffe, uh, north from there. Eventually, you end up uh, just north of Bailing Up. I think you start getting up into the start of the Darling Escarpment. And then you start getting into Jarrah territory. And there's a certain sameness about <laughs> Jarrah Forests after a while. But you come to appreciate some of the... Uh, smaller things you you notice different trees and uh, different bushes and yeah you, you you definitely get in tune with with the environment so with many animals obviously and the other obvious question snakes I only saw one snake uh, and it wasn't a very big snake it was trying to swallow a frog and uh, the frog was bigger than the snake so it was a bit of a, a, bit of a sight to behold uh, but no only saw one snake plenty of kangaroos and emus um, heard various animals at night but wasn't always clear what they were so yeah luckily there's nothing dangerous in apart, apart from snakes I suppose there's nothing dangerous on the, the woman track it's a very it's a very uh, uh, safe safe hike and so where do you finish you finish up in uh, the Perth Hills, Kalamunda, 
and yeah, it's uh, it was a very nice feeling to finish. I was certainly quite a few kilos lighter than when I started, um, but those kilos went back on fairly quickly, and that which reminds me, I I did meet a couple of ladies uh, down near Walpole who'd been walking from Perth, and they were middle-aged ladies, and their kids had just left school, and they hadn't done any hiking before. Their hiking poles were broomsticks from Bunnings with, uh, with uh, chair stoppers on the bottom of them. Uh, and when their first day, they apparently could only walk about three kilometers um, because they were um, somewhat uh, out of condition. Uh, but by the time I met them, they'd been walking for 50 or 60 days. They'd had to stop twice to buy new sets of clothes because they'd lost that much weight. and. Uh, they were having an incredibly good time so they were part of the interesting cross-section of people you get to meet on the track I think probably I met some people in their 70s who were doing the track fairly slowly I met some people in their late teens and early 20s who were doing it and all sorts of people in between so it's uh, and you don't have to you don't have to be it's good to train for it, but you don't have to be super fit. You'll, you'll just get track fit by walking. And you know, obviously you don't have to do the full distance. You can do sections. Yes, yep, no, you can. A lot of, quite a lot of people don't have the luxury of taking you know, 35 or 40 days or however long they need to walk it, so they just do it in sections, yeah. So, Steve, we know that your other passion is being a musician, writing songs composing songs. Did you take your guitar with you? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> you know I didn't take my guitar, Tony. <laughs> um, when you know you're going to be walking a thousand kilometres, I was paranoid about carrying the minimum uh, weight possible, so I definitely didn't carry a guitar. I did, however, take a little notebook and before going to sleep at night, I'd occasionally write some lyrics and a couple of the lyrics I started on the track uh, have ended up on some albums I've recorded. Uh, Island is one of them. Mandalay is, a, is another, uh, there's the Bilman track when it leaves Walpole, it heads west to Mandalay Beach and then it turns north to head to Northcliffe. And there's a fascinating story about how Mandalay Beach came to have its name. Uh, and that's, there's a good storyboard at Mandalay Beach that explains that and that was a good topic for a song. Uh, so I started on the lyrics to, to that song while I was on the hike as well. Uh, which probably is a, a good segue into the other thing that you've asked me about, which is songwriting and uh, recording. Uh, I had been, if you like, an amateur in the back bedroom type musician for all of my life. But again, uh, I always had this nagging feeling that, well, I'd like to record some songs. And so about the same time as I uh, did the Bilberman, I made some inquiries about someone I knew who was a professional musician and asked whether he could help produce an album. That was David Himes, who's a, I think we can now call him a legendary Perth musician, singer-songwriter and producer. And uh, he was kind enough to agree to help and got a band together and we recorded the first album each waking hour. I wasn't content to stop at each waking hour, so a couple of years later um, uh, I did a second album, Little Rebellion, and that's the album 
uh, that Ireland and Mandalay are on. I need to stop you there because when I first found out about you recording an album and, and, and your passion for music, you may recall it was, it was over dinner with three other of our buddies at the Augusta Hotel and we were a couple of bottles of red into a dinner and we were going around the table telling our mates something that we didn't know about each other. And you put on the table that you were with a little bit of coaching, a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit like pulling teeth from you, but you finally declared that you were recording an album. And we were, we were starstruck to think that somebody in our group was uh, that talented that they could produce an album. And um, Well, you're being very generous. As I recall, Tony, uh, you, you may not have been starstruck. You were stunned that uh, someone was, <laughs> was being as ambitious or perhaps foolish as to record their first album in their 50s. Uh, well, I think the other question that w went around the table was, how much is it going to cost? And all you said was, you probably could have bought a small car at that point in time. Um, <laughs> I wish you hadn't said that, Tony. <laughs> the truth of the matter is that I've never added ha up how much it costs, and I never will. Uh, you know, some people have expensive hobbies, going skiing overseas, and drive flash sports cars like yourself, um, uh, or, or play golf at exclusive golf clubs. I record music. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that, and I certainly do not begrudge you <laughs> indulging yourself into something that you are very passionate about, and might I say, very good at. I've been to both album launches and had fantastic time, and in particular, uh, that's one of the reasons I chose the, app, the the song Island was because it was it's a great song. Oh, thank you, Tony. Yes, I'd like to encourage your listeners to, <laughs> to go onto Spotify. Every time they listen to one of my, if they uh, dial up Steve Standing, both albums are on there, uh, and uh, or they can go to CD Baby and they can buy the album. So that'll be in the show notes, so um, everybody will be able to look that up. So anyway, let's go back to the writing the, the song. How long did it take you to write the song? You said you started it on the track as you were walking. Oh, and so that was Island. Island, yes. Island came together... Some songs take a lot of work to, to get them together. Other songs come very easily. Island was a song that came very easily. I, the lyrics were probably done in a night. Um, I can't remember which night on the track. And they had fairly minimal editing afterwards. So the, the song came, the lyrics came very easily. And as I recall, the music... Yeah, came along very easily as well. One of those songs that just fitted into a groove. And do you is your style to write the lyrics first? Usually, usually, yeah, right. Yes, yeah. I know that different musicians have different approaches, but generally, it's the, the lyrics first. Occasionally, I might just have a riff in mind and think that's that's a cool riff. What 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 sort of idea goes with that riff? But usually, I start with the lyrics. Yeah, and I find the, 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 the lyrics to this song uh, really fantastic. And so the fact that you wrote it in a very short space of time is, uh, uh, is probably testament that it, it came naturally and it was, it was right because um, uh, I think the lyrics are great. Oh, and especially in particular that the, the whole metaphor of, of Max's Island is, 
encapsulated beautifully in the, the lyrics of the song. Well, I don't recall singing about Max's island, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the whole idea that uh, you know the whole idea of the song is to communicate that it's 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 not good to be completely solitary, but on the other hand doing something like this and being on your own for an extended period of time is really interesting and it gives you a good chance to reflect on everything you've done and the things you want to do uh, and it's it's kind of therapeutic you know thoughts just you, you're in the zone and different thoughts come into your head it's a it's a it's it's a very relaxing thing to do in the previous episode when I was talking to Kat Clements she talked about the opportunity in life to create white noise or white space and walking the Bibbulmun track would certainly be a fantastic example of that where you actually do leave everything behind and you minimalize life and really get that sense of having a, a period of time where you are totally indulgent to yourself yes it's 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 exactly that actually well yeah, it's exactly that. You get, it's a very simple thing to do. You get up in the morning, you pack your tent, pack your gear up, put your backpack on, and you start walking. Uh, and you know, as long as you keep an eye on where you're going, that's all you have to worry about. You, you stop for food occasionally, and you get to the end of the day, unpack your tent and your backpack, and go to sleep. It's so it's 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 a very simple, relaxing thing to do. So I'm going to come back to one more question to finish on, but I, I just need to add this in a little bit of context. So I've got this really clear sense of what you achieved by walking the Bibbulmun track because I've read and understood the history of my great-great-great-grandfather who in 1853 walked from Albany to Perth. He had jumped a whaling ship, French whaling ship, about three years before in Albany, camped out in the hills around Albany, and then uh, him and his mate walked from Albany to Perth. So for me, that's always, I've always marvelled at that. Obviously, it's a lot longer ago, and there was, the navigation was probably far more difficult, but uh, I really can appreciate, because I perceive that as being such a massive challenge even you know so walking the Bilgman for me is, is a great challenge and it's um, fantastic that you're able to complete it yeah look the thing is uh, I wouldn't want to don't want to make it sound like it's an incredibly difficult thing to do anyone can do it you just need to um, set set aside some time get yourself to a reasonable level of fitness and then you just do it and yeah it, and it will, it will happen and I certainly got a great sense of achievement from doing it, and I think it made, it gave me a certain degree of clarity about other things I wanted to do, such as recording these albums, yeah. and indeed I slightly changed my career as well, uh, not a few years after doing the Bilberman. So, it's a um, it's a great opportunity to defocus and refocus, if you like. So, it's now 2019. I've got two questions. The first one is, is there another adventure like that on the horizon? I know since then you've done a few other adventurous things with some, some of your trips. So firstly, is there another adventure? And finally, you can finish with, is there going to be a third album? 
Well, those are very big questions, Tony. Um, I would like to do another long hike. The Appalachian Trail sounds very challenging in the US. That's a quantum step ahead of the Bilberman in that I think it's something like three or 4,000 kilometers. And there are some real hazards there, like bears, like man-eating <laughs> bears. Uh, but uh, I'm very tempted to tackle that. As to whether there's going to be a third album, can't say Tony at the moment. I've written a few songs which could go into a third album, and and like every songwriter, I reckon the last song I've written is the best one ever. Uh, so I'm not sure about that. I, I, I probably need to focus on marketing and performing the first two albums where I think about a third one. Well, Steve, I need to thank you for joining us today. As I said, I was very excited to have the opportunity to, to interview you and introduce you to our listeners. Our list, as I said, our listeners have heard your music, no doubt, and uh, it's uh, fantastic that i am been able to inter interview you or you've been able to tell your story. And I encourage all our listeners to get onto Spotify and look up Steve Standing and do yourself a favour. Thank you very much, Tony. Thanks, Steve. We spoke on the bus on the way home from work. He was lost in the details of life. Each day was a blur, all work and no play. And how, how it had turned out this way He told me his plan, a short-term escape Five weeks on the Bibbulmin track Go it alone, no one to blame If he finished or fell by the way His mind was as clear as the sky Completely alone
phone 